Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. BK, happy to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by our second NHL Network guest of the day. He's Mike Rupp, former NHL forward and now an analyst over at NHL Network. Saw him last night breaking down the Blues decision to fire Craig Berube. Mike, we always appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for hopping on with us today. I know that some of this is you rehashing what you said last night, but out of curiosity for our local audience here in St. Louis, what did you think of the decision for the Blues to fire Craig Berube? Oh, man, it's never an easy process. Um, you know, we see it, and we've seen it already this year a couple times. There's there's good NHL coaches. They're getting fired, and I think a lot of it's due to nowadays with the salary cap, you want to shake a team up. Sometimes it's difficult, and you get long-term contracts. You get no trade clauses. You get all these different kind of things in play that kind of tie GM's hands in some regards. So it seems like the coach is kind of the easy out, if you will. Um, you know, I... I, I think Craig Brube is an amazing coach. I think he's been incredible. Um, but I also look at it from the other standpoint where, you know, you need to make something happen. And the one thing that I have learned and kind of covering this now for the last nine years since I've been retired is, um, you know, you've got uh, Doug Armstrong's one of the best, if not the best of self-evaluation of his hockey club. And does that mean – you know, getting rid of Craig Berube is going to be the best move and, you know, it's going to automatically turn things. No, but, you know, he came out and said it. Like he, he wanted he wanted to have some things put in place and kind of build this back up, and he wasn't seeing things happening. So, you know, I understand it from that standpoint. It's, it's a tough decision, especially for what Chief has done there. Um, you know, I, again, I don't envy the position that he's in, but, you know, I, I also look at it and, don't think the expectations of this team, I mean, they're kind of what I thought they'd be, right? Like, I don't think it's a overly well-built and put-together team. I think what they've had since they won the Cup in 19 was, uh, all right, now how, how do we kind of keep this thing going? I mean, even at that time, they were kind of revered to be a, an old team, and they're trying to change on the fly there. They have the Cairo thomas contracts. It's a new youth movement, and, um, they've lost a lot of leadership over the last couple of seasons. So I think they're in this transition time where they're trying to do it on the fly. But I mean, I didn't really think this team was going to be much more than a bubble team this year to begin with. So, you know, that's kind of where it's at here. And uh, you make a change. You hope to kind of start moving things in the right direction long-term. You, you know, Mike, they, they 
The Blues talked about the word accountability a lot from the press conference up to Drew Bannister taking over yesterday. Accountability with these players, accountability in the locker room. From a veteran's perspective, a lot of people are focused in on Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, you know, being the the air, the age guys that are taking over for this new team. And Craig Berube was the casualty for those two guys trying to get them going with their game. How does a veteran handle that in the locker room after Berube's let go? Um, I think it's important to, you know, you talk about team evaluation, have self evaluation too. Um, you know, it's, you have a team that uh, I think it's important for the veterans to be like in this moment. I mean, the one thing it does is it moves somebody out of the crosshairs. Like there's nobody else in between, um, the GM and you now it's the players are the next up. All right. And you got to see some responses here. You got to see guys kind of you know doing the doing the right things and being accountable and I, I always felt like whether I've had coaches that have been fired that I love I've had coaches fired that I really didn't like at all but at the end of the day whether it's even the ones I don't like you kind of feel a little responsible you feel bad it's just someone you know it almost feels like they're taking the fall you know but it's um you gotta you gotta look yourself in the mirror I think that's so important it's a cliche thing we hear all the time in sports and um Man, if you're not if you're not going to look in the mirror and, and make yourself be better every day coming to the rink, nothing's going to get fixed. It's just kind of that next thing that's going to be taken down, and you don't want it to be you. Mike, we talked to your colleague at NHL Network, Bruce Boudreaux, about this a little bit earlier today. I'm curious your perspective on it because it does seem like in the NHL, maybe more so than in any other sport, uh, these coaches almost come in with the acknowledgement that, hey, I've got like a three to five year run here and then I'm going to get fired because that's what happens to every coach, even the best ones. I mean, you look at, for example, Boudreaux, three different stints, as he mentioned to us, four and a half years. Uh, Peter DeBoer, I think he's a pretty good coach, three to five years in four different spots. You see Craig Berube here, four and a half years. Why do you think that is? What is it about the NHL that leads itself to these coaches getting fired so quickly after they're hired? I think it's a bunch of things. I think the, the modern day athlete or the modern day, um, I don't know, youth, it's different. And I'm not saying it's in a negative way. It's just, you know, you used to be able to, you got to find ways to get guys going and you got to speak their language. And um, I don't think it always was that way. You spoke one language. And if the player doesn't understand that language, then guess what? You're out, you know, and we talked about those things. It's hard moving some contracts and players and, you know, it's it's not always in the right interest of the team. So I think you got to learn and and kind of evolve in the way you communicate to different guys. Because just like dealing with raising kids, some respond differently, and you got to try to connect. And it's so important. I mean, I think a lot of coaches have kind of said that. And nowadays, it seems like it's less about the X's nose and more about connecting with the players, right? And you know, you see some in the league that are able to do it and stay for a long time. And it's not insinuating the ones that get fired can't do it. And I'm not saying that at all. It's just, um, I think it's more complicated now. You know, it's it's sitting there and, you know, you want to play a certain way, but then there's also the way the game the game has kind of been now. It's like, used to have kind of roles on a team. And from a player standpoint, like, my job is X, Y, and Z, and yours is A, B, and C. All right, I'm going to make sure I'm doing mine, and you make sure you do yours. And now I think that there's the way that players are brought up and kind of by the time they get to the NHL, I'm not sure they know what their role is and what their career is going to look like and what their bread and butter is going to be. So they're all striving for the same thing. 
So as a coach, all right, you're playing third line or fourth line. Like, if your mentality is, I got to go out there and score goals, and the coach's mentality is, hey, I got to get you to understand that that's not your job right now. Your job are these things. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's been wishy washy, and I think it's very tough, and you got to have a special player to understand. You got to earn the trust of your coach. You can name so many different careers. It's about, it's not about production when you come in. If you're not a star player, it's not about production. It's about earning the trust to get more minutes. You get more minutes. Production will come. And uh, I see players like that all the time that come in. All right, I'm not going to be on the top two lines. What can I do here to get more minutes? I can't just go in there and be like, Coach, I want more minutes. That's part of it. But I got to go out there and be like, all right, I'm going to make sure that I'm blocking shots. I'm going to try to make myself – I'm going to try to put myself on the line more than anybody else on this team and make that my thing. Or maybe it's, you know, just being good defensively or taking face-offs or being on the PK – and then next thing you know, you get trusted a little bit more. And then you get in certain stages of games where you're protecting leads. And, you know, maybe you have some star players playing up in the lineup. And those guys don't pay attention to those things. They're, they're paid to, to score. Now you're getting an opportunity to play with them because you're the guy that can kind of even it out and be a defensive conscience on those lines. I, I think it's really important for players to understand what their job is. What's a win for a player? Too many players nowadays will we'll judge their game by production. And, and that's the losing thing. Coaches aren't doing it by that way. They're doing it by, can I trust you in these situations? And you got to communicate that with them. So with that being said, Mike, and not to take anything away from Drew Bannister, who has this opportunity as the interim head coach, but if, if you're in Doug Armstrong's shoes and the state of this team, the state of this roster and what you're trying to accomplish, what type of head coach are you looking for to take over long-term? You got to connect with these these players and find ways. It doesn't mean be buddy buddy with them. Get them to understand and kind of find a way to speak their language and get them going. I mean, you, geez, I just got done this morning, kind of looking at a similar situation in Minnesota when Dean Evison gets fired. They bring in John Hines and Matt Boldy, who with the Wild had a very slow start to his season. Then all of a sudden he's on fire. I start digging into it. I'm like, well, what is it exactly that he's doing here? better or more to get more of an opportunity and there's literally nothing he's actually getting less ice time he's actually you know have had less less shot attempts on that sometimes just getting a new coach just makes you forget the past and you have a clearer mind coming to the rink and that's important for these coaches drew bannister's not coming in there and making drastic changes to the x's nose he's coming in there trying to connect with players and try to try to open that door for them you know, put, you get that key, that magic key that'll get them going. And maybe it's just a fresh start. Maybe it's just telling them, hey, it's what happens tonight and going forward. That's all that matters. And I think that there's something to that. You know, and you look at that Matt Boldy situation, he's taken off. And he wasn't given more. It wasn't like all of a sudden now you're going to, you know, throw a guy a bone. You just, it was a fresh, you came to the rink, you didn't carry all that weight. And uh, I think that that's the biggest thing when a new coach comes in midseason. Mike Rupp is our guest for just another minute or two here on 101 ESPN. We always appreciate his time. Former NHL forward, now an analyst over on NHL Network. You can follow him, of course, at Rupper17 on Twitter. R-U-P-P-E-R-1-7 
on Twitter. Uh, Mike, the final thing that I wanted to ask you about was what happened yesterday with Jordan Cairo. I don't know if you saw all of this, but it started out with the day he was asked about his relationship with Craig Berube, and he he said, I have no comment. Uh, He's no longer our head coach here. Blues fans loved Craig Berube. He was a folk hero here in St. Louis. And so at the game last night, as he was being introduced, there were boos that rained out on him. And then during the game, as he touched the puck, there were more boos that rained down on him. And afterwards, he got emotional as he was talking with the media about what that meant, uh, how hard it was for him to play in that game. Yeah. I'm curious, Mike, have you seen that yourself with the, one of your teammates that uh, got booed uh, by the home crowd? And even if not, what what do you do in that scenario if one of your teammates was uh, that guy like Jordan Kyrou was yesterday? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you let your teammate know you're there. You know, hey, it's all good. We're going to move forward here. We got your back and whatever. But I, I also think that, you know, I was actually wrapping up the NHL Now show on NHL Network from 4 to 6. And uh, that's when that kind of news came down of Jordan Kyrou's kind of his comments. And then I saw the post game that you're talking about. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to bury on him because, you know, the post game, he, he kind of addressed it, but it's, that's all part of it, that accountability you're talking about. And I, I've been in his position. I was a young player. I mean, I wasn't as skilled as Jordan Cairo, but I had a coach in Pat Burns in New Jersey. We won a cup together and I was his whipping boy, man. Like he gave it to me and I didn't realize I got more mature than what it was that he had a belief in me and he was trying to get more out of me. But from Jordan Cairo, when I saw those comments, I'm thinking to myself, are you serious? You've got 64 million reasons to be appreciative of, 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 of Craig Brube, or at least not kick dirt on him when he's down, right? And so I think this is a true kind of he, – he's at an impasse here as far as where his career is going to go. And what I mean by that is he's, out, he's got talent, man. He's, he's going to be a skilled player. He's going to play in this league. But do you want to be a star? You want to be a star? You got to take accountability here. That wasn't doing it. We'll see where it goes from here. Craig Burbank didn't deserve that, and I don't care what happened in the room. You know, I don't care what kind of relationship you had. You could have just said something else, and that's part of the process. And a lot of people say, "Well, he's a 25 year old kid." Hey, I know a lot of players have you know families at 25. Like that, that's not an excuse. You, you, sometimes you, you live in this masked world when you're a professional athlete and you're not in reality and maybe this will give him a, a little bit of a reality check. And, and I, I don't want to bury on him. I want to see how he responds yep. because now all my eyes are on him. I'll tell you what, I came home last night. The one game on the docket I watched was the St. Louis blues. Yep. I had my eyes all over 25. What kind of response are you going to have here? And uh, I like the kid. I think he's a talent. We'll see how high his career can go is how he manages this. We said earlier today, we think this is a fork in the road moment for him. And depending on how he responds is how he's going to be remembered here in St. Louis because of that contract, because of the comments, everything. And nobody can help him through that, Mike. And Bannister said it last night. You can't hold this kid's hand through it. He's going to have to figure this out himself. Yeah, I mean, it's he's not 18. He's not 19. Like, you're, you're a young man. And and that's, listen, that's all part of it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to crush the guy or, but yeah. it's, I didn't like it, but it's all about how you respond right. moving forward. And this could be a very telling moment of his career either way. Um, you know, if you if sometimes you got to sit there, and it's not everybody else's fault. It's not everybody else's fault. And also, uh, you know, uh, I, I've had the, that I mentioned Pat Burns. 
uh, he gave me my first chance in the NHL. You know, I got my I got my um, my actual NHL contract because of the way he used me. You know, we won a Stanley Cup together. You know, he, Jordan Cairo had eight times eight. All right, like that's you were paid up front here. Start taking some accountability and see where it goes. Mike, we always enjoy our conversations, man. Thank you so much for hopping on with us today. We wish you and yours the very best as we get closer to the holiday season. If we don't catch up with you before then, uh, thanks as always, and we'll talk with you again soon, my man. Hey, thanks, guys. Anytime. Happy holidays to everybody, and uh, hey, let's go Blues. Let's get a little reaction here. <laughs> Fingers crossed, man. Yeah, we could it, use it around here. Thanks, That's buddy. Mike Rupp, former NHL forward, Stanley Cup champion, now NHL Network analyst.